What's going on? Welcome to the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and I'm here with my boy, KG. <laughs> KG in the house. We're still running with that, having a good time. Um, and we're just going to jump into the mailbox Monday today. So we actually got a lot of questions. I think we got two more reviews last week. Yeah, man. So we've been on a roll. So we've been getting two every episode. So if you haven't left us a review and you enjoy this podcast, Please, please, please leave a review. Um, we need at least two more this week. It really helps get this content out there. Well, how we're begging for two reviews. Yeah, we, well, that's it. <laughs> it we, means we're a not, lot. We're not feeling the love, but the two people that left the review, you're awesome. Uh, it honestly means the world. And if anyone else cares to take, you know, the one or two minutes it would take to leave that review, um, this mainly applies to iTunes, by the way. If people yeah. are wondering this, if you're on iTunes, you just go to the podcast and you can leave a review there. You can leave an honest review too. Like, uh, yeah. we're, we're not asking you to say anything that you don't want to say, but if you enjoy this content, you're a regular listener, that'll mean the world. Okay, so without giving any more of a shtick about that, let's get in the first question. Alrighty, Mailbox Monday. These episodes are fun, man. We, uh, I posted on Facebook, just asking you guys um, to ask us some questions, and the first one was from Eric May. He said, tips to improve mind-muscle connection on pulling exercises, especially T-bar rows, face pulls, dumbbell rows, etc. So first of all, big shout out to Eric. Um, he's been with a client of mine for quite a while now. Oh, yeah. We've had a really good run, and he has done an absolutely phenomenal recomp which I would argue is one of the hardest things to do in fitness because usually it's the people that are the most, you know, okay or average that have the hardest time committing to transforming because they say, hey, I'm in decent shape. I'm not out of shape. I'm not in great shape. It's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. But even someone like Eric, you know, he, he lost a lot of weight to him by himself. He came to me and he said, hey, I want to lose some of the stomach fat, gain some more muscle. And he committed because he, he looked pretty good when he came to me, but he is he's really dived in and really made phenomenal progress once again in that hard spot like a lot of people are okay with being in that okay and average range yeah. but he's aiming for excellent and he's a phenomenally hard worker so shout out to you this is a great question as well and yeah that's something too to even ask yourself on a little side note because that's something I was talking about um, the other day with someone it's just you know in life even you know are you are you settling for okay or good enough or being too comfortable and even with your fitness, your nutrition, you know, are you like, eh, this is good enough? Like, you always want to be challenging yourself, striving for better. I mean, that'll be different to everyone, but it's something to think about, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely, dude. And that's something we've uh, we've really invested yeah. in is we, you know, every here and there we'll say, eh, are we just getting through the motions? Are we doing whatever? Yeah. And this is my segue into my muscle connection. Yeah, there you go. A lot of people would just run the same workouts, run the same weights, not challenge themselves, not mm-hmm. really lock in the reps. You know, it's just they get to the gym and they just get everything done, but they don't do it with a purpose. You know, it's like if you're scrubbing a stain off something, if you scrub it for two seconds, you're only going to get a bit of it. Yeah. But if you really dive in, you know, you can polish it nice. And same, that's kind of what my muscle connection is. So I like the... Uh, kind of a bicep curl as an example. I think it's an easy one to understand. If you just lift your arm and you're just lifting it, you know, and just kind of going through it, just mm-hmm. up, down, up, down, you're going to do it and your body will be effective with it, but you're not going to necessarily squeeze and focus that muscle. But now even at home or wherever you are, just try lifting your arm with only your bicep and squeezing that bicep as much as you can and really packing it in at the end. And that's going to be a whole different story. That's my muscle connection. So I know I'm working my bicep. So I'm really focusing and doubling down on working that muscle. So he asked the best ways to do this. Let's go through everything. T-Baro. So for, did you say calf? I know that was a different question. Yeah. Um, 
pulling exercise. So yeah, let's say T-bar rows. So the back is phenomenal. So another way too, if you struggle to know what muscle you should be working, um, there are some cues for different muscles and such. So for back, a big one is imagine you have a tennis ball or something in between your back, kind of near your spine. Yeah. You're trying to squeeze into that tennis ball and hold it into your back. And that's kind of gonna how you're going to start to understand that. And there's a lot of people will say, if you can't flex a muscle, you probably can't work it. Mm-hmm. So you can even at home, you know, try kind of visualizing things and this sounds kind of hippy dippy but it works 100 percent. like if you want to get to that next level you need to know how Mm -hmm. to do this stuff because once again you can do curls all day but unless you're squeezing and optimizing you're not really going to build that that peak and that nice quality looking muscle and to really challenge yourself from that so for t-bar rows i'd really recommend that little ball trick face pulls just get that elbow up and really just think of the point of tension being your rear delt and you're pivoting from that rear delt and squeezing through it and an easy way to get extra mind muscle connection is just a little two second isometric hold um because that way you'll make sure you're really packing things in then what was the last one? The last one was dumbbell rows. Dumbbell rows, a big one too, is going to be your path of movement. And this will go with any exercise as well. So dumbbell rows, a lot of people will pull into their chest, um, which is actually going to activate more of your bicep. It'll mimic more of a hammer curl. Whereas when you pull towards your stomach, you're forcing yourself to use your full lower lat and you're actually improving that like kind of pull motion all the way back. So you're going to recruit more of your lat to do that. You can't do that solely with your bicep. Whereas if I pull to my chest, I can do that fully by contracting my bicep. And uh, once again, I'm sure this is a little tougher without visuals, mm-hmm. but doing my best over the podcast here. <laughs> so if you can just imagine yourself doing a single arm double row, you have your hand on the bench and you pull into your chest, you're going to be mainly just squeezing your bicep, getting a little bit of back, um, maybe a little bit of your rhomboids. When you pull into that stomach, you can really work the full muscle. So you're going to analyze what you're doing, how you're doing it, and focus on that squeeze. Uh, that's a great point. Um, I would say if I were to add anything, any exercise, especially if you're looking to gain muscle, you should always be trying to, you know, especially at the beginning, focus on the control and uh, make sure you're counting like at least two to three seconds throughout each movement. Even like, let's say a tricep push down, everyone's just rushing through the movements. But if you actually control, control it on the way down, squeeze, control it on the way up, you're going to be teaching yourself to be working the triceps. Therefore, over time, you're going to be able to grow bigger triceps by doing that. So some great questions. Uh, and then another thing is, like Josh said, just really try to flex those muscles in between sets. You know, it does sound a bit hippy, but it works. Like it's it's crazy because you will feel it when doing those oh, exercises. That's a, yeah, elaborate on that a bit. That's a good tip. Yeah, like, especially if you're starting. It's something like you. I should do it more yeah, too. It's, I know. Like I've been watching even like more videos and stuff, and they keep saying it. I'm like, oh, I have a good idea. <laughs> even though I should be doing this on the podcast for um the coaching group. And if you're not in the coaching group, this is your incentive to join it. We should do an advent calendar each day with um, little like tips and fun things. Mm. Okay, maybe we'll start that. So this would be out Monday because that'd be fun. Like, you know, days till Christmas, you'll be like, oh, 14 days out today. We yeah. want you to focus on this in the gym. So for instance, if you're listening to this today, if you're training legs in between your sets, try squeezing and flexing your legs. Or if you're doing chest, try squeezing your chest and mm-hmm. posing it and kind of working that blood and that muscle. And then that's going to help with your activation a lot. Because once again, when you can flex it and pump the blood and understand what you're working, that's really going to do a good job. And that's, that's a fantastic tip. I like that admin calendar. Let's All right, let's write it down. Out. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you guys want, you know, head to uh, Colossus Fitness Online Coaching. We On try Facebook. To, on Facebook. That's a little yeah. confusing. Sorry. So on Colossus. Facebook, we have a private coaching group, but we'll open it up. 
um, just say you got an invite from the podcast. Just So just go to your search bar and search Colossus Fitness Online Coaching Family. It's kind of a long name, but that's how you're going to best find it. And it's a Facebook group, and you can join there. And uh, it's a great community, mainly of our clients, but also of um, a lot of other fantastic individuals in the community that are looking to better themselves and grow. Beauty. So, um, Sophia Harnady asked, uh, she's very interactive in our, you know, Facebook page at least. So I always forget to ask. So thanks for the reminder. What are some good calf slash hamstring exercises besides calf raises and deadlifts slash hamstring curls? Thanks. So you're looking to target the calves and the hamstrings. I will say for calves, um, aside from calf raises, like there's so many different variations you can do. Obviously standing seated. I like skipping that's something that a lot of people don't think about, but occasionally I'll just bust out the skipping rope and do that. For hamstrings, the glute ham raise, the main reason is because it's so tough. Josh just did a lot of research on that and we put together an awesome video on YouTube and I like it because I suck at it, so I'm trying to get better. I did like five of them today and I'm pretty bad, but that's one of the ones I've been working on. But what would you say for calves and hams? So yeah, calves are a vice of mine and I've decided <laughs> lately, I've been training them really hard. I've been doing them about three times a week. I'd say probably about like 30 to 40 sets a week now. Like I'm trying to really increase my intensity because, you know, I devote so much time to like training my biceps and such that there's really no excuse. And I've kind of just pulled the, oh, genetically I'm not meant to have massive calves. I mean, my calves aren't little, but they're definitely not fully proportional, I would say. So at least I'm not in a horrible side of life where, you know, it's really (laughs) deadly obvious that I have some small calves. But they're definitely not proportional because I have really big arms and everything like that. So it's something I need to actively work on. And I've decided I'm just going to keep at it. And they they will grow. And they have grown a bit, um, especially in the last few weeks. And the main things I've been doing are completely changing the way I train. So since a lot of people do it at the end of the workout, um, I'll even see most people, they'll just swing, swing, swing. You know, they're kind of just pumping out reps. And even when you try to go slow, they're not truly going slow. So the way the cab operates in walking is a stretch reflex. You know, you stride forward and you pop out of that stretch. So what it will do is when it contracts, it'll pop out. And it's just how it reacts. And it's really efficient with that stretch reflex more than any other muscle. So you have to really, in my opinion, slow it down. So what I do is... Um, I'll bring it down all the way on the negative and you're actually going to get more of that front calf too. That's where you're going to be controlling on the way down and I'll hold that for one Mississippi, two Mississippi, fully down and then I'll come all the way up and squeeze it up, one Mississippi, two Mississippi and then by completely slowing that pace, it's about 10 times harder. You can do half the reps and it is so nasty and what I also try to do is get full extension. So I'm being really like to the like to the T accurate with everything here and really challenging myself and it just kills like the amount of pain I'm in after is like absurd. So <laughs> it's been really efficient. I'm getting really good pumps, getting really sore and I'm confident they'll grow. And I like to mix in that. Um, I should be doing more skipping and sprinting cause those are wonderful as well. And I've done those before and they have had a very excellent effect. Even jumping jacks will kill the calves, but those are some things I've actively been doing. And now you can also mix it up. So on the leg press, I'll go a little heavier and I'll do some faster motion work. So I'll allow that stretch reflex, you know, I'll maybe load up like two plates aside and do about 30 reps and try to pump them out. Just so I'm not worrying about the negative squeeze, but worrying about the top squeeze. So it's controlled and so I won't hurt myself. And uh, I think a good mixture of that, um, my go-to exercise obviously are seated. Oh, and then lastly, I got one more good thing. This is my, my game plan. So this is something I'm passionate about right now because it's not something that comes easy to me. So I'm like, hey, just because it doesn't come easy to me doesn't mean I can't have it. So I'm 
committing myself to working harder for it. And I've done this before. And funny story, I was actually doing so well. My calves are growing and then I ripped one. But I think it's because I was swinging. I was I bought into the, oh, just go heavy and swing. And that's why I've once again gone back to this controlled. And every time, you know, someone gets me going, you know, and obviously both work, but it's at a cost. So, you know, I was watching so many videos about like, you know, and reading research and stuff about traps, you know, you need to go really heavy. They need to be blasted. So just like maybe a month and a half ago, I'm doing like super heavy shrugs, you know, I mean, I like the Smith machine for them. I think I had maybe like almost 400 on there for eight. And then of course, you know, like I just pulled the muscle on my back like lightly, mm. but it takes me out for a week and it always humbles me and makes me realize how much I do appreciate my muscle connection. And even for like more dangerous muscles like that, I feel like it's not worth the risk. And like pulling my back has been a recurring issue for me. But outside of that, I really haven't had too many injuries aside from that calf. And mm. that's from me trying to go too heavy once again. So yes, you can do things with like some aggression and some strength basis, but you need to make sure you're activating the right muscles or you're just going to go ahead and injure yourself. And I always get reminders. Anytime I start to deter or slip away from the accurate training philosophy, your body will keep you in check. And that's what's important. So, and then the last thing for calves, I know I'm kind of all over is just switching your stances. So, you know, you can angle your heels in, angle your heels out, and then do them straight on. Um, change your tempos, change your rep schemes. And then that's just a matter of fact what will work. Um, and then the main thing is just taking it seriously. If you're doing it once a week, once every other week at the end, they're probably not going to grow. Even me, I need to update, increase frequency, 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 just like you would any other muscle. Yeah. You just truly have to care. That's it, man. Time to get those huge calves. Or you can get super overweight. That works, that too. That works, yeah, man. That's some the one thing. People that diet down that are really overweight have some nice calves yeah. afterward. Because when you're walking around with 300 pounds, yeah. Yeah. those suckers build up big. But it's probably not it's the not healthiest the option. No. <laughs> Especially since this is a fit, healthy, and happy podcast. Did, did you know the number one um, implant for men is calves? Really? Yeah, even more than chest. Heck? It's calves and chest. So if a man's to get like an implant plastic surgery, it's calves first. So if these... Uh, Isn't that weird? Yeah. If these calf raises don't work, we know where, uh, there you go. where you'll be heading. <laughs> but uh, no, that's a good question. That was really solid. Um, and we also got another question from Daniel Gallo. This was on Snapchat. Hey, dude. Love the podcast. Was wondering if you guys could cover the topic of overtraining and the importance of reloading. De-loading. Yeah, deloading. When to deload, when to know that you've recovered enough to stop the deload and continue back at the gym. This would be a very good video to make for YouTube, actually. Yeah, deloading is definitely a big topic. You want to tackle that? I've been talking a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say we I mean, we haven't done one in a bit, but... Kind of. Kind of. I mean, I, I did one like three weeks ago. Yeah, okay. I'd say I'd say <laughs> that's why you were lifting uh, half the weights. Well, come, no, come on, man. That's why he was lifting the weight I was lifting. No, I don't know. What <laughs> Something happened, and I was able to... Oh, it's tough. Like I, I try to do them when it's efficient for yeah. me. Oh, when I mess up my back. I just oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so once again, I've had that recurring pulling of my back, and yeah. usually my body will kind of tell me when to deal. So I'm definitely due for one. But I guess so. Here, I'll, I'll jump in here. Yeah, too. go ahead. The next one you'll be great at. Mm-hmm. I got a good question for you next. Okay, so so deloading everyone's different. So. Each person can withstand a different frequency of volume. I like to use the analogy of studying um, or working. So let's use working because it's more universal. Mm-hmm. So Kyle might be able to work 80 hours a week comfortably and not be stressed or overloaded, right? 
Whereas he might have a friend who mm-hmm. hasn't worked in a while, and if they work for three hours, they want to rip their hair out, and they just can't. They can't cope. So good, right? So he's going to be able to work more without needing to take a vacation from work than the person that's only working three hours per se. And here's the thing too: the person who's working three hours as they mature and work more hours, they might have a higher tolerance. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's some people in this world that can work 120 hours comfortably. You know, the overachiever, overachievers, the Zuckerbergs, or whatever. Yeah. And there's some people that just can't, they do their 30 to 40 and that's what's good for them. So you need to be real with yourself, right? Like about when you need a deload, but it is different from everyone. Um, it really depends too in powerlifting theoretically, like it it really depends on your programming, your frequency. Um, for me, I think a pretty safe rule is every like seventh or eight week to Mm -hmm. take a deload. If you were trying to be really efficient saying so, I could be better myself and actually honoring them because it can be tough. You know, yeah. you could be in the mood still in the zone and you feel you don't need it. And for me, if you feel you don't need it, you're probably safe from it. Yeah. Um, unless you're doing powerlifting program, then you kind of need to force feed them down people because they like to keep going yeah. and you need to back off volume and control that more. But just for general everyday life, like I, I feel like every here and I'll be really depleted or, you know, I'll get a little like tick or something weird that feels not tick, sorry, a little like I'll pull a little muscle or something will feel a little sensitive and I'll say, ah, this is a good week for me to take a step back yeah. and, you know, deload a touch. Yeah. So realistically, if you want to be safe and optimize, but it can be a double-edged sword too, because if you don't take a deload, you can overextend yourself and you could be doing half workouts for many weeks, yeah. whereas you could take that one week to properly recover and get at it. So the smartest thing would be like every eight week, I'll usually program them for clients every 12 weeks. Um, but once again, this is a very individual specific thing. And I have some people that can go, I swear, half a year without needing one. And then I have people that need one every three weeks. Like it, it just really depends. Yeah. It depends how intense your training is, how mature you are in the gym, what your life's like. There's just so many factors mm-hmm. here, but, and then to take a deload, the easiest way in my opinion is just do like 60% of your load, drop a set um, on every exercise. And that's just a really simple way to kind of do it. So you're still in the gym. This isn't to take a week off, you know, be super lazy, eat chips, stick to your macros, you know, work on muscle connection, stretch, recov, catch your breath and then get back at it. Yeah. You're, and one thing to add on, your body will know when you need it. If you're just exactly. feeling so shot that you're like i'm just not even going to be able to have a productive week of working out it's just it's better off like to take that week and uh you know either like josh said take the week off from the gym or just decrease the load and uh it's a similar um, analogy would be like let's say you work out four straight days friday comes and you're you know supposed to work out and you just feel so shot that like if you go into the gym the next day you feel like you're not going to be able to do much or you're just going to be performing at like 10 percent of intensity it's better off just to take that day maybe wait off until saturday and then go there where you're not going to potentially hurt yourself or you know just uh, rest up a bit so those are okay. some good questions. I got so one far. for you. All right, let's hear it. How do you go about getting fit for a high intensity sport? In his case, football, so soccer, um, without compromising gain, rate of muscle growth, and what type of cardio training? How often should you get there? So this is a big question. I'm going to simplify yeah. it. Yeah, let's hear so it. So if you're training for a sport, mm-hmm. like let's say you're playing hockey pretty okay, intensely, cool. or let's say soccer, let's go soccer. Yeah, let's you go have soccer. a lot of athletes that are soccer players. All right. What can they be doing in the gym outside of that to help them not compromise their actual soccer career? It's a good question. Um, so you got to definitely split split up like the cardio and stuff. So um, let's say one of my clients he's a soccer player i mean he will do his 
cardio outside of the gym, completely unrelated, his 5K runs, his 10K runs, his beep test training. On top of that, you know, a lot of um, agility work is definitely needed. So you come into the gym, you know, you're using weights, you're using heavier loads to tax yourself, to build muscles, to be able to perform better on the field, you know, on the ice, whatever it is. So I'd recommend incorporating weight training routine and just building leg strength and building overall core strength um i'll have them do a lot of things like tire flips to you know help push the uh, just the intensity and just like the speed um there's lots of things you could do such as like really heavy sled pushes which could be beneficial tire drags even building like a solid foundation of the compounds um i had my soccer player client start that today he started doing some heavy squats and heavy barbell deadlifts so just overall also understanding similar to that last question and understanding when is enough and when to push it super hard because it's very easy especially as an athlete to overdo yourself to want to do a really intense leg workout and then go want to run 5 to 10k because typically a lot of them are just overproducers and they're just always wanting to do more 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 so listen to your body you know don't uh, do a bunch of random stuff it's very important just to be nice and programmed and think like how can this benefit me to my sport so that's what I always try to think like especially for when I was playing hockey or when some of my clients are doing soccer like if you're just doing you know exercises that are just to build your chest it's not as beneficial for someone that's a soccer player who's looking to become faster and uh, speeder on the field so it's a bunch like of rambling it. but hopefully that helps you guys out <laughs> oh that, that's it and it's gonna be different for everyone every mm-hmm. sport you have to think what you're primarily doing so a soccer player more than anything is running so yeah. cardio is going to be numero uno make sure you're doing a lot of jogging because you just need lungs right mm-hmm. and power is kind of a secondary input do you need big arms or chest for soccer absolutely not yeah that's a waste a waste of weight um if you truly want to be the greatest athlete you can you need to think in terms of that athlete um sorry in terms of your sport so you're gonna need a lot of agility a lot of power movements something like squats are still gonna be a really good friend yeah. just do them with power do them with speed really nice box jumps um anything that's really gonna help develop your sprinting speed yeah. your overall leg strength is really gonna be your core fundamental um you, you just need to think in terms of your sport football player i mean that's a very diverse sport but o-lineman is gonna be doing a lot of pushing a lot of power so everything they're just going to need a ton of strength you know a lot of quick agility they won't need as long lungs as a soccer player would where they're out there running for an hour and change right so you just got to think in terms of that but that was a great answer so hopefully you enjoyed this podcast we'll cut it here because 23 minutes i gotta film another one and i gotta train a client in 35 minutes you know how we do we're staying nice and busy that's it living life enjoying all the opportunity we've been given and i would like to thank everyone who's listening because you're allowing us to keep doing this in a way you know supporting our community watching our videos signing up being a client anything it really means the world sharing this with a friend it's just nice to have you in our space and uh we've been getting a lot of positive feedback about these podcasts and we really enjoy them they're fun for us to knock out it's nice to not have the stress of a video and (laughs) it's just really laid back and cool so we're gonna keep producing some really great content got a lot of other fantastic stuff planned and we'll see you in the next upload